2: And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ben Struth Bubba, episode 540. Got your uh, back with your team previews to the 2023 fantasy baseball season. And we're going to go to a big dog, a juggernaut, in the New York Yankees, full of fantasy relevance. Uh, in order to help break them down for me, is a phenomenal NFC player. <laughs> he's been crushing it. He's been on the show before. We talked about the success there. Now he's going to help us break down one of the teams he likes to root for in the New York Yankees. You can find him on Twitter at Ben underscore T. Ben Tid, how we doing, my friend?
1: Hey, Bubba, you're way too kind. Um, <laughs> it's an honor to be back on, and uh, I've only been doing it for like one year, man, so words are too kind, but I appreciate it.
2: Well, your one year is better than most people have in, in a long, long time, So, <laughs> and we talked about it on the last show, like the way you yeah. kind of went up from Yahoo days up to the NFPC days, and mm-hmm. you earned your stripes. You, you've been doing it for a while, just in the NFPC realm, a little bit shorter, but yeah. uh, looking forward to seeing what your 2023 has in store for you. We've done some like, gladiator drafts together. That was fun. Mm-hmm. And um, draft season's ramping up. I guess I'll ask this much before we get into the Yankees. What does your 2023 uh, NFPC portfolio look like?
1: Um, right now, eight teams. I did the two gladiators with you, one with you and Brian. And then um, this year I'm doing a three-pack of DCs, uh, a main event qualifier, and I'm going to do two main events this year instead of one. So so I'll be doing eight NFPC teams and then my home league on Yahoo, and then I'll probably do another Roto on Yahoo. So I'll be thinking I think that's ten. Sweet, sweet. Yeah,
2: Well, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes and probably chat with you again on bench with Bubba at some other time to talk non Yankee stuff to uh, kind of <laughs> get your brain on there. Because I have some things that might be happening uh, for certain shows that I'll be reaching out to you and others to talk about. Uh, so it'll be a lot, a lot of fun in that regard. But let's talk New York Yankees. And for those keeping track, I don't really reference ADP a ton on these shows because it varies so much. And I record these at different times, just behind the curtain stuff for people and the ADP like it'll come into question on certain players for the most part we just want to know the fantasy relevance of these guys like are they worth obviously the ADP price is is part of it but are they worth what we got going on and we'll just kick it off and as the day that Ben and I recorded is January 18th the day ATC projections came out so now we have ATC we have steamer we have the bat we have pretty much the conglomerate are out there if you use rasball they're out there HQ's out there you got mostly all the projections are out there and about Um, so we'll, we'll kick off with the big dog. And my, one of my co hosts Ryan Bloomfield tweeted it out on Wednesday that you you use all three projections. The number one rated player in all the projections is Aaron judge. He's still going about ADP five right now. So he's not getting that number one tag, but we know what Aaron judge did last year. 62 bombs basically had the year of years that we have seen in a long, long time been. So when you head into 2023, obviously everyone's gonna say regression regression, because yeah, you can't be like a monster all the time. That's just common sense. But how do you look at Judge from a fantasy perspective? Is he worth the the price tag now that he's played two pretty much full seasons for Aaron Judge standards?
1: Uh, right now, I think so. Like you mentioned, um, ATC came out. So for me, that kind of kicks off my next step in my, in my um, evaluation process. But uh, I did a first go through just using more like a skill-based approach. And I, he's my outfielder three right now. Um, I'm thinking I'll probably have him at uh, four overall. Um, I'll probably have uh uh, J-Ram first but yeah Judge I, I think now he's proven that he, he can stay healthy I think the uh, the offseason yoga thing that everyone was talking about a couple years ago I think that really paid off um, he, I'm sure he's smarter now he's older um, he's been doing it for well. now he has well, three monster seasons I think that haven't been really injury plagued um, but yeah I mean in terms of just a pure hitter I think he's almost as good as it gets like him and Jordan probably in the conversation with uh, Soto so I think T- wherever you take them you can't really argue with uh being too high on them
2: yeah i'm with you and that's kind of where i was at uh on a recent show with toby when we did our outfield previews that uh, judge has always been a guy i've been kind of worried about in the past just because of the health and everything but he's proven it two years in a row now the yoga thing i think legit we like joked about it when it first happened <laughs> it seemed to be good and there's a lot of proven stuff behind that now it's like way more common i think we all give it credit for and um it's 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 worked for him. And it was one of those things. I I wrote about Judge a couple of years back, before he had the consistency and health. That if you just look like a, a per plate appearance or per like you know thirty days healthy, one of the best hitters in baseball. There was never a, never a doubt in that. It was just staying on the field and making him worth the price tag. And he's definitely done that. So he makes it much more appealing this year going to twenty twenty three. Uh, let's talk about his yoga partner Giancarlo Stanton, who. He also has injury issues. He's been a little better the last two years. Even 110 games last year was better than some other years we've seen. But we like the 139 we saw in 2021 if possible. But even at 110 last year, still hit 31 bombs. That average suffered tremendously. The BABIP suffered along with that. So we'd have to imagine something kind of gets right in that regard, we think. How are you looking at Stanton, though? Because you can get him at a much better discount this year compared to some of these other outfielders that could still, you know, on a good year, could hit you 40 home runs if he gets going. So how do you look at Stanton?
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the numbers, like the projection, stack up once I go through that. But um, like with, Stan, I, I know this is an issue going into last year, but he, his runs are really low for someone who walks like he does, um, probably because the Yankees lineup hasn't been that um, strong behind him really late in the past couple of years. He's also not the fastest guy. Um, and like last year, looking at his K rate was around 30%, and he just couldn't hit anything um, in the second half of the year. I know he had like three homers in October, which was kind of crazy. And, three games, but um, like he hits it as hard as anybody, still 95% exit velocity or 95 miles per hour, um, 19.2% barrel rate. So he still can hit it. It's just a matter of him being able to hit it. Um, you know, he speaks with his stance. It seems like he has that weird closed stance. And I mean, it, it worked with the worked for him for a little bit, but I don't know if he will have to change that again as he gets older or something. But um, he's definitely like one of those boomer bus guys. And like you mentioned, he has like a three – Around discount, probably, I think, compared to last year. So he definitely has some upside if you need some power. But, um, and if you have the batting average floor, of course, too. So yeah,
2: yeah, because his ADP right now is about 155 since Christmas. Um, he's gone as high as 111. So some people do believe in him. He's going right behind a guy like Hunter Renfro. I see a lot of similarities potentially in that profile between the two of them. I think Stanton might have the higher ceiling than Renfro, but Renfro's shown to be on the field more than Stanton. So that could Mm be an interesting one to kind of uh, break down as the, the, uh, offseason goes along draft season really ranks up there um anthony rizzo returned to the bronx after the one-year deal he's resigned signed with the yankees this year and this was a big deal you know he only hit 224 and we've kind of seen the average drop the last few years compared to the norm for rizzo but still has the really good plate discipline and he really took advantage of that short portion 32 home runs which ties a career high that he's had three other times in his career so it's a great spot for him it's just a matter of Can we get some maybe batting average to kind of come up a little bit more potentially, but still one of the later first basemen, if you are missing out, Uh, what are your your thoughts on Anthony Rizzo going to
1: 2023? Um, I'm more in on than I was last year. Um, My view last year was a little injury risk. I mean, he has that back issue. I think that kind of flares up every now and then, but um, I do think the shift will help him a lot. Um, Even though he he's more of a fly ball hitter. So, I mean, I'm sure it won't be as big of an impact as like someone like Seager, but I'm, playing Yankee Stadium. He'll have the he'll have the short porch. Um most of his numbers look pretty good. He had a good barrel rate. Um good X slug, good ex woba Um so he's someone I'm definitely going to target. I think uh, right now I have him as my eleventh first baseman. So I think that might be a little bit higher than where he may be going. Um or it's in that range. So I'll probably have him at least on one team, I think.
2: Yeah, no, I think I've I'm with you. I've bought back in on him this year. I was kind of kinda down on him. And then I started looking at, you know, if he can give me 30-plus homers, I can fix the batting average somewhere else. Right. and I don't think it'll be that low either, kind of how we were both agreeing there. It'll be probably closer to the 240, I'd hope, by, <laughs> by uh, this next season we'll see. But uh, I am buying back in on him because the first basic, you know, you got the elite to the elite, and then it kind of gets kind of murky in there. There's a few guys you could – you could Christian Walker's the world, the Rizzo's and stuff. So you can make it work, and he just kind of stands out in that world. If you do miss, he, he's a good fallback plan for sure. And um, you know he's going to hit in the middle of that Yankees order, and I agree – uh, I can't remember where I said it a while back, but outside of Aaron Judge, it's like there was a long stretch of that Yankees lineup was abysmal. It was like really, really bad for Yankee standards. So if they can get anything back to kind of normalcy there, and you have uh, Judge second, Rizzo third, Stanton fourth, that could be a, a juggernaut. Of course, as long as you know um, Judge isn't driving them all in, that's part of it. But yeah. let's see how that goes. Uh, the projected leadoff hitter for the Yankees kind of surprises me a bit, and <laughs> his name is Glaber Torres. And this is guy. Anybody that's played fantasy baseball is just a conundrum is the word, the nicest way I can put it. You know, 24 homers last year, 257. The average has kind of been in line with the norms for him, but the powers just fluctuated so much from those first two years in the Bronx. And this last year was kind of a revert back to that, that uh, first few seasons, even in like the, the quality of contact metrics went through the roof last year. So how do you look at a guy Gl- like Glaber? Because he seems like a polarizing name. Where there's, there's a lot of people kind of going all in on him now. And then there's others that are still like, it's still Glaber Torres. Let's kind of use some cautious, like, you know, cautious, let's be cautiously optimistic. So, how do you look at Glaber Torres? So, he's a guy that I really want to
1: see where, where he hits in spring training. Um, because if he stays at first hitting in front of Judge, he's going to be, I think he was going to be really valuable, especially if he keeps stealing like he has in the past. Um, but for, just from watching him all the time, he has a weird swing where it seems like he, it's not like a very powerful swing. So, I mean, I think when he hit those 38 homers, it was really it was a lot of the juice ball. So, I mean, now he's hitting like 25, which I guess is reasonable. Um, but if he's hitting like, so I guess it depends on where he's, yeah, it comes down to where he's going to hit. Cause if he's in like fifth or something, then he'll be more RBI oriented, I guess. But if he's hitting lead off for most of the year, I think this is a good price to take him. Um And if, like, if I miss out on Altuve or Simeon or someone who's going in the top 100, um, I think I'm definitely going to look for Glaber cause I don't want who's really going after him <laughs> right now. Um the way it seems way things look like so and like the, i think part of the issue too with this average um he had a 244 xba but he another guy with a lot of fly balls um like 46 percent fly ball rate last year so that's going to keep his average down um especially if the ball's deader but um in terms of power it's steal and um, steals at second i think he could be a pretty good pick uh, where he's going
2: yeah, he's a guy that I'm I was completely out on at first. And then that's the beauty of like the long preseason, especially when you know guys like myself don't really stop, is mm-hmm. the more I talk to people, the more I do drafts, the more I do this or that. He's at least standing out as like a fallback bank. So we always talk about roster construction and like you know, how you can you build something and you don't have to get, you know, X, Y, or Z in a certain round, as long as you know your fallback plans. And Glaber could be a fallback plan, like you said. If you miss out on a two there, Simeon. He could still be one of those kind of upper end second baseman if he's leading off. It's a big if, and that's where guys like Mike Curlin and their, their uh, spring training lineup tractor stuff can can really come in handy in those regards. And I agree, if he's up top there, we've always loved the leadoff guy in the Yankees. Like what, what's not to love? It's almost like liking Mookie Betts because he leads off for the Dodgers type stuff. Like he's in a premium spot, so uh, it could be quite interesting for sure. Let's go to the hot corner with Josh Donaldson. And this guy was tough because, you know, there, I, I even had expectations last year because even when he's, like, down, he still puts up the power numbers, like, consistently does his thing. It's around 240 to 250. And last year, just 15 homers, 222. He was injured off and on, but still played 132 games. So you have to imagine he's kind of playing through an injury from time to time. But now you're getting him at an ADP, like, 412, Ben. It's like you're not even having to pay a premium for him in a third-base position where everybody says it drops off. Um, How do you look at a guy like Josh Donaldson who's still kind of scheduled to hit, what, fifth, sixth in that Yankees lineup this year?
1: Yeah, if he stays at that, I think he's a pretty good D.C. pick Um, because at that point you're just looking for playing time. And uh, the way it looks right now, he's projected to be playing. Um, I think I was listening to Sleeper in the Bus the other day and Justin and Paul were talking about uh, DJ. And I could see DJ playing over Donaldson at third if he's healthy. And also I could potentially see DJ leading off. So that, I mean, we'll get to him eventually, but um, Donaldson is, I mean, he's, he was just striking out too much last year. And before that he always had the, uh, the calf issue. And I mean, I know from experience that a calf can be pretty annoying if you pull it. So, uh, and he's older now. um I don't know if he can figure out the strikeouts. I think he could be, uh, he could be serviceable, especially, I mean, for fantasy and the Yankees, but um I feel like a lot of people got burned by him last year because he was going, I think in the top 200. And now he's like his ADP is more than doubled. So, um, yeah, I mean, at this price, I don't see why it wouldn't hurt to take a risk on him, but other than that, I mean, I'm not too optimistic about him this year.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's pretty much like the DC thing you mentioned. I, I've been circling him there as like my second or third, third baseman because what's there to lose at that point in time? But you mentioned the DJ LeMahieu thing, we'll jump to him now. And it, it's, it's an interesting one because you know, roster resource never the end all be all, right. but he's, he's, he's on the bench right now. He's probably a utility player, is how they perceive him. I a 100% see him playing third base. I could see him just rotating throughout the infield. We saw him play first base at times. We've seen him. D- we've seen him DH at times. Like we've seen him. They want the bat in the lineup with DJ Lemayhew, and his ADP is like two fifty ish right now. So you're still paying much more than you would for like a Josh Donaldson, but it's a guy that we know usually brings a pretty solid batting average, a little bit of pop. You know, if he's leading off, like you said, tremendous asset there. How do you look at DJ Lemayhew? Obviously, we need to see what the plan is for him. That's that's obvious, but. Like if you're starting drafts in say February, even when, you know, pitchers and catchers don't report until mid-February, are you just passing on them until we find out inf- more information at that price tag? Or are you kind of taking a chance and I got like DJ Lemay here?
1: Yeah. So when I downloaded the ADP, I think, what do you have him, 255 about? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's too early right now because if if he's a part-time player, I mean, you, you need a starter at that point. Um, I mean, even though he does have the triple eligibility for second and third, that's nice to have like in a DC, however we're talking, but, um, I mean, if he's proves he's healthy in spring training and then you see him maybe move up to the leadoff spot where he's hit in the past, um, and the Yankees love him because he was so good for them in 2019. And, uh, I know all, all the fans really liked him when he was in like 340, or whatever it was. So if, if he can hit, I don't know, like 280, and he's a good on base guy, so he'll be valuable hitting leadoff for them. If, if he can do that and start um i think he could be good but until we know that i don't know if i'm gonna take him at this uh this price
2: yeah it's, it's way too rich for me at this point in time it could backfire this could be one of those plays that if you take the chance it could be huge uh i'm just not there yet because i think they do want to see what glaber can do for at least to start out with leading off it seems like mm-hmm. but um dj could easily fit in and take the role of a few different guys on that team and you know there's always gonna be injuries too so right. he's, probably gonna, he's probably gonna get a good 120 ish games at least in there if not more but it's like, is that what you wanted 255? Big, big question there.
1: Yeah. And and even last year, he was, it was the same situation. Like they had Donaldson last year, they had kind of fluff at short and Flavor at second and Rizzo at first. So, like, they had the five infielder problem. So, it's not like this is new. Um, it's just a matter of who's better, I think, starting out the year between him and Donaldson. So,
2: and yeah, that's a good point. We saw it worked for DJ last year. So yeah. it wasn't really a top 255 pick in the <laughs> in, in game there. Yeah. Uh, let's head to the outfield here. Harrison Bader, when the trade was made for Jomo, everyone was like, what are they doing? Like, you, you needed a starting pitcher. Yeah, you know, I, I guess it, it is what it is. Like, he, he hit for some pop in the postseason. We know his defense is elite. And that's what they need mm-hmm. on yeah. that team. Um, he brings some speed to the table. When you're looking at Bader um ADP of 168, though, you're paying a, a decent price tag for a guy like Harrison Bader. Are you in on him? Because it does potentially give you later speed in one of your outfield positions. But at the same time, like what else does he really give you like enough of, I guess?
3: There's no in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great,
1: yeah, it's just those steals right now. Um, I think he's also a candidate to lead off um, just because of, like, the type of player he is. If they want someone who can, like, st- steal some bases leading off, I think if he ends up batting first, he could be a pretty good uh, value. But um, right now I, my preliminary rankings, I have an outfielder 45, so I feel like I'll be kind of lower on this based, based on how the player pool probably shakes out. Yeah, in terms of, like, Content, like how well he hits the ball, not very good. He has a pretty low exit velocity, uh, eighty-three miles per hour. Hard hit of like twenty-six. So, yeah, I think this is this is people kind of, kind of looking for those steals. I mean, because I think he is capable of stealing thirty bases. And I mean, also his injury last year was plantar fasciitis, so that that could always flare up. um So I think this is a little early for Harrison too.
2: Yeah, he's kind of been off my board right now, which is kind of you know maybe a fool's fool's thing, but. uh I just don't see it playing out at least where he's at now to making it work out for me when all things are said and done now's where it gets fun with the yankees like those first few guys we talked about they're pretty much locked in to what they got going on like we kind of have an idea of they're playing pretty much every day now you got Oswaldo cabrera um uh, left fielder prospect got a little bit of power a little bit of speed he's shown it in the minors a little cup of coffee last year did okay with the yankees for now, it looks like it was his – it's his job. I was hoping they'd sign Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham just with the Mets on Wednesday. Um, they still might go sign someone. That's very, very possible. But if we hit opening day with Oswaldo Cabrera as the left fielder for the Yankees, how are we feeling about him for fantasy? Um, I'm kind of iffy on him, I think. I don't
1: know. He, he was definitely good for them. Like I've, He provided some youth, and he played pretty well when he was in the lineup, and they kind of had him in there every day last year, at least in September. Um I'm look so like i mentioned what we mentioned before atc came out so once i see his projection i'll get a better feel for what they they think about him in terms of like the skills he had a 50 percent fly ball rate which is kind of ridiculous especially for someone with not much not not much power he had a 86.8 average exit velocity last year so that's not very good um so that could be a lot of lazy fly balls and I could see maybe I don't know depending on on how Hicks plays who we haven't talked about yet I could see him pl- playing over Cabrera if he struggles because um, I know like Cabrera is a good prospect but he's not like um, uh, Oswald Peraza or um, Anthony Volpe big but um, so I mean 307 maybe I'd rather have someone a little more proven at that point um, I don't know maybe people think he might steal some bases but I'm not sure about that.
2: Well, let's talk about Mr. Peraza here. Oswald Peraza, he's slated to be the starting shortstop. And not just by roster resource, they've actually come out and pretty much said, like, hey, it's his it's his job out the yeah. gate, it looks like. Um, and he's got an ADP of 341, which seems pretty juicy for a potential starting shortstop for the Yankees. Um, he's got some pop, lots of speed. Uh, there's a lot of speed. So it's a good late-round speed, potentially. Are you in on a guy like Peraza this year? Is there – uh, you know, we'll talk about Anthony Volpe here in a bit, but is, is uh, Peraza a guy that kind of uh, is worth the squeeze for you?
1: Yeah, I think at 341, probably. Um, he's a, the better profile than Cabrera because of the steals, I think. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned Connor Fleffa will is projected to be the backup, which um, – so they're going to give Peraza the chance to run with it. Um, I think – also well, also, too, with these guys, they're going to hit lower in the lineup, so the at-bats won't be there at unless something happens, someone gets hurt. So you have to account for that too. But um, I think where he's going, especially the way he shorts up, kind of falls off, I think he'd be a good middle infielder, flyer. Um, Not even just in DCs, but I think in like a a normal 15-team Roto League.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that because it feels like if he is going to get that starting job and if he runs with it, and that's no pun intended because he can run a lot, (laughs) it's a really good late middle infielder where we're looking for steals potentially. You know, Maybe he pops you 10 homers, which he might even do more. But he could steal you thirty plus bags if he plays the whole season, and that's going to be pretty pretty valuable that late in the draft. So I'm, I'm kind of a fan of that scenario, especially for you know the the Tobies and others of the world to go heavy pitching early, getting a guy like that to get some steals late could be a, a big big gainer when all things are said and done. Uh, any other current hitters? We'll get to Volpe and company later. That uh, you know, come opening day, stand out for you with the Yankees that might have some fantasy viability.
1: Um, well, when you're talking two catcher leagues, basically any catcher is. So um, I just want to. I- with, with regards to catcher, um, it was basically Trevino and Higashioka last year. Um, and they kind of it seemed like it was Trevino more during the, the main part of the season. He was an all-star, but then in September they kind of were splitting. Uh, Trevino went ice cold and then Higashioka kind of caught fire. So it'll be interesting to see um how this the time shares um plays out between those two. And they also have and um they also have Ben uh, Rortvert, I think his name is. He was in the jo- Josh Thompson trade last year. So I think he was going to be their backup or at least split with Higashioka before um, he got hurt. So he's another person who could potentially uh, get some playing time. But, yeah, I would. right now I'm not too high on either Trevino or Higashioka. I'm around, like, SP uh, catcher 30. So that's, like, the yeah. only other thing I would want to mention.
2: Yeah, for sure. Two catcher leagues. Trevino probably has a little bit of upside to him there. Higashioka, we know he catches cold starts for sure. And yeah. then they sprinkle him in at other times. So, like you said, if he starts – he becomes streamable, I guess, if he starts playing more, for sure. So, something to keep in mind there. Let's go to the mound. Just mentioned Garrett Cole. And there's <laughs> – what is there to say about Garrett Cole? Literally one of the best pitchers in baseball, 200, in, 200 innings last year. Home runs went through the roof for his standards, but you know that could be a lot of things. And the bright side is, is there are a lot of solo homers because it's Garrett Cole. So, um, what's your thoughts on Cole? You know, Everybody has him pretty much either their first or second off the board right now. How do, how do you assess Cole?
1: Um, right now he's my s p two behind uh burns but that's just more of a Yankee bias i think because he uh he wasn't the best um in the second half last year i know you guys were talking about i think it was you and toby or you and brian or you and yeah brian ryan uh, talking about the uh the Goldilocks ball so he may have got hurt by that um but in terms of safety i think in volume he's right up at the top with anybody so if if you want to take a measure s p one or um go pocket aces with him and somebody else, I think it's, it's definitely viable. Um, there's not really much to complain about. It's just, the, like, with the home runs, come the exit velocity is a little high. But, I mean, that's a, the only issue, really, with Cole, I think.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's that just consistency of innings pitched, which is so huge for me. Mm-hmm. So, like, again, I've always said i do not, not going can argue anybody that has Burns over Cole or Cole over Burns. I'm not going to argue that at all because, like, that's a literally, you know, picking at straws type thing. But right. uh, I think if everyone can – overall, like, consistency over the years it's probably cold but both, mm-hmm. both great pitchers so about the new pinstripe pitcher carlos rodon who spent some time with the giants and looked really really good big time strikeout arm he's got the innings back last year to 178 which was good to see ratios have been great back-to-back seasons uh goes to the bronx you know we talk about the short porch and left or in right he's a left-handed pitcher so maybe he faces more right-handed hitters who knows. What's your thoughts on Carlos Rodon coming over to the Yankees? Because he's moving up people's, like, overall, um, like, pitching ranking. Like, right now he's got an ADP of 45 with so the back end of round three, early round four, potentially. So you have to pay for Rodon this year. What are your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, so looking at um, my spreadsheet that I have open right now, he's, he was a better from a skills perspective than Cole last year um, in most most stats. So, like, his FIP was over a run lower. <laughs> his ex-FIP was, like, Point seven of, of, of a run lower. He, like he, he was, hit. he was phenomenal last year. So it's definitely exciting. Um, it's, it's ironic enough that, that the Yankees' best part of their team last year is probably their pitching. So <laughs> it'd been nice to have gotten uh, like a, a hitter, but I mean, we'll take him. So he basically replaces on in the rotation. Um, and to your point about him being a lefty, I, and typically in Yankee Stadium, you, with the lefties, they're going to neutralize the lefty hitters a little bit more, so it'll take away the short porch. I know people have been saying how he's kind of a flyball pitcher, but if he's facing like, like a Jordan or someone who's a big power hitter from the left side. He's probably going to keep it in the park more often than not. So I don't think that's as big of an issue potentially. And like left field's pretty deep out at least in the gaps so that the homers may not be that big of an issue. Um, but for me right now, he's my SP 11 and yeah, I, I moved them up too after hearing everyone kind of gushing about him. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing how he pitches. Hopefully he won't be a kind of starstruck when he gets there and, I know some pitchers in the past have had that issue when they first come to the Yankees, but hopefully he won't.
2: Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And it's a great point. Cause a lot of you, we've seen, we've seen a handful of them go into to, even the, for the Mets, but mainly for the Yankees, you, you roll into there, you got the media presence, just the crowd, the stadium, you name it. It's a different atmosphere to what you're used to, given the giants have plenty of media in San Francisco. So he's got that going for him But the Yankees, is a different beast. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, he's moving up boards. And I, I've had to acknowledge that as well. He's like, I think he's like my third – he's in my top 12. now. I can't even remember now. He's, he's close. He's in that realm. Yeah. And I probably need to move him up more if I want to get any p- shares of him. So <laughs> we'll see how that one pans out. Um, Luis Severino came back from injury last year, managed to throw 102 innings. We know how good he used to be before he got hurt, you know, 190 innings back-to-back years. Strikeout stuff's pretty much always been there. Ratios have been decent. What are your thoughts heading into 2023 now? You know, hopefully gets up to, I guess, 150 innings pitch, give or take, or maybe he's just free to go. Who knows? What are your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, he's someone I would I would be inter- interested in drafting. Um right now he's my SP30. So not really sure how that falls in with the ADP right now, but um yeah, his numbers look pretty good. He, he was striking guys out last year. Um I, I wonder if it was the right move to sit him or put him on the 60-day IL last year when he was hurt. It seemed like he was wasn't that hurt and he was kind of upset about it. But um, I mean that could pay off for this year if he's able to pitch like 160, 170, even maybe 180 innings, so I think he's definitely um, going in a decent range if you want to like load up on those mid-tier uh, starting pitchers.
2: Yeah, he's pitcher 47. Obviously, there's a handful of relievers before that, uh, ADP of about 112. So, he's uh, yeah, you're paying about the, right, the price right price range, for what, yeah. what your rankings are. Yeah, so it's about the right deal. And, yeah, it just I guess it's a matter of how many innings you let him go because if he gets to go probably 150-plus, can be quite valuable And when all things mm-hmm. are said and done there with Luis Severino. Yep. Uh, let's keep going down the rotation here. Let's talk about Nasty Nestor, one of the best mustaches mm-hmm. in all of baseball. Nestor Cortez, I love the man. He's fun to watch. He's just fun, period. He's a really good pitcher. And uh, he's kind of done it now on back-to-back seasons, which has been great to see here. Went almost 160 innings this last year to really kind of, I guess, quiet things down. Can he do it? Uh, strikeout rates were decent. Ratios were outstanding. Are we buying into Nestor for round three?
1: Um, I am. I wish I had, I had him on one team last year. I wish I had him on, had him on more. Um, but yeah, I have him at 28. I said every night 30. So he's, uh, I think I'm in the right range on him too. Um, he kind of broke. He didn't really break down at the end of last year, but he kind of had a few rough starts. Um, I think when I looked at him, his like K rate and all that were relatively fine. I think he was just getting tired probably because this is his second, well, he didn't pitch the full season, the previous season. This is probably his first time ever pitching that many innings. So that's understandable. So I'm not too worried. He, he wasn't injured at all. And, like his underlying numbers still look good and he, he when he can, he can throw sidearm every once in a while i think that kind of helps him out a lot change the look up on the hitter so i, I think he's a pretty good pretty well priced right here
2: yep i'm with you him and ever gonna go on side by side in yep. adp so definitely uh you got your yankee combo in effect uh we got notified a few days ago frankie montas will be probably missing at least the first month of the season give or take won't be ready for the first month of the season which opens the door for a couple options domingo herman or we get the one and the only, uh, I believe it was not it was it Clark Schmidt they were talking about potentially getting the spot there. So, how would you go about you know play more DC than regular drafting uh, with the likes of Herman or uh, Clark Schmidt?
1: I'll, I'll give somebody else. I think um, Debbie Garcia could potentially step in also. Option. Yeah, yeah. He he didn't throw as well last year, but I think in 2021 he he did it a little bit better in his time up. Um, but I think right now it's going to be Herman first. He's shown he could do it. Um, he he kind of gets just gets by, like he doesn't really strike a lot of guys out. Um, so how his ERA is probably going to go up a little bit if he gets more innings this year. And I mean, who knows if Montas will be ready in a month? So um, he could be a, a solid DC guy, and he'll be the first one. And I think if anyone else gets hurt and Montas comes back, um, but in terms of who I think would be most likely to fill Frankie's spot, it'd probably be Herman, then Garcia, then Schmidt.
2: Are you willing to take a chance on a guy like Montas in a DC right now? Um,
1: not at two fourteen. Um,
2: yeah, okay. He'd be like
1: probably SP seven or eight for me. I think I'd I'd rather get like a stable rotation, so to speak, before I touch him.
2: I'm with you because I know some people are saying, "Oh, well, he can't be as bad as he was last year." I'm like, I don't know. It was it was rough. It was it really good. rough, and that ballpark does not help him at all. So. Yeah. That's why I was really, like, when that trade was made, I'm like, that's, like, one of the worst possible situations uh, for Mr. Montas on that one. Let's head to the bullpen, where no more oldest in town, and that's fine because Clay Holmes was outstanding last year. Very, very good. Looks to have the role, and he's, like, the 10th closer off the board, give or take, right now, which is a big plus. Uh, He looks to have the job going into the season, but there's probably other options. So how do you look at Clay Holmes? And if it's not Clay, eventually, who else would you be looking at in that Yankees bullpen?
1: Well, I do feel much better than I did at the start of the offseason because there was a chance they would have signed someone like Kenley or um, who else was a free agent. But now that it's uh, January 18th and everyone's mostly signed, I mean, they're not going to resign Chapman. I'm I'm pretty sure about that, so we don't worry about him. I feel like he's the guy for now. It's just a matter of if he can keep it because he kind of was Chapman-esque in the bad way to end of the year. I remember watching the Red Sox game and this one, and they were in Fenway, and he was like hitting the backstop like Ch- Chapman would. It was just, it was rough. He was walking the bases loaded. Um, so he, like, he was still throwing hard. It's just a matter of him having his command. So he's definitely kind of – I think he's kind of risky. Um, I do have him as my RP11 right now just because of it's clo- this is the way the closers are. He's going to be like the main guy to start the year. But I could see them pulling him like they, like they did last year, late in the season. So I think this one thing to look at going into spring training is his walk rate probably because, I mean, they did like him. They got him from the Pirates. It was definitely a good – trade they made but he was bad then so i mean if he can't find his command then i mean he's not gonna be too valuable
2: if, and if it's not homes like i always thought it'd be Lois Sega at times but they seem like they like him almost more in high leverage but he could be the closer you got tommy canely and others who would you kind of think would be the next man up potentially so i
1: would rank it louisica first um i mean also people probably forget they traded for lutra you know last year he closed i think at least once um but i mean he's not the best in terms of stuff I, I, another guy last year they used a lot too was um wandy peralta but he's their only lefty right now so i doubt they would put him as the closer at all i mean unless they have three lefties and they haven't used him yet um so i would go luizica trevino um yeah Camley's a good option too and also they they had um this guy greg weissert he was the, their closer in triple a he had a big year i think it was last year he got called up and wasn't the best but i guess if th- they need help um he's pro- potentially an option too that he's more of like a dc play though um but I think Loisica would probably be the number one guy to fill in if um, anything happened to Holmes.
2: All righty. Let's talk prospects. You kind of mentioned Anthony Volpe early on. Um, yep. What's the expectations for him this year? Because it's like if Peraza's playing well and Glaber's playing well, where's Anthony going to play? So what's your thoughts on uh, him coming into 2023?
1: Yeah, I was surprised to see his ADP where it was. Um, yeah. It was pretty high.
2: <laughs> Let me, I'll look it up here right now. It's It was wild yeah. earlier because some of these prospects are going – way too high for my liking will be 375.
1: yeah i mean that's that's way too high um i mean uh, he's a top prospect but looking at his minor league stats he only played 22 games at triple a last year and the yankees aren't really they're not really an organization who rush people up i mean if they're gonna need something they're gonna trade for somebody so um and they want to make sure he's good before they call him out they don't want they probably don't want to send him back down if they don't have to so I, I don't think he's going to be up. I mean, he, anytime soon, at least, I could see him coming up in September. I mean, or if there's an injury maybe in the middle of the year and say, or I could, so at shortstop, at least kind of fluff would probably fill in before he would get called up. So, um, you gotta be mindful of that. Um, want me to keep going in prospects or do you want to? Yeah.
2: Yeah. What other, yeah. other prospects are you thinking could have an impact this season?
1: Yeah. So impact wise, um, I mentioned Ben Rortford, the catcher earlier, if, um, He's like a, a deep league or AL only type play though. I don't think I would be drafting him any in like a fab league. Um Austin Wells is a pretty good prospect at catcher. He's a, he had at least 16 steals last two uh seasons, which I was surprised to see. Um He was the number one pick a few years ago, but I don't think he's ready to get called up. Um He's something to keep in mind for like dynasty. I'm sure he's already taken, but if you're ever going to trade. Um And then the other guy who's probably going to have some playing time, um, he's been around before that's a, uh, Estevan Florial, he's an outfielder. Um, He didn't do very well last year, but I think he did a little bit better when he's up in twenty twenty one. So if Stan gets hurt, or God forbid Judge or anybody else, um, he could definitely fill in. um, Right, like it's kind of neck and neck with him and Hicks um, as the backup. And then the big prospect is uh, Jason Dominguez, who's he's a couple years away still, but he's um, he's he's the big guy in the pipeline. That uh, it'll be good to see him when he gets called up.
2: Yeah, we saw Wells, I believe, in the fall league this past year. Obviously, Dominguez was there. Wells looked good. I was, I was pretty impressed with what if it was, it was either this last year or the year before, one of the two saw him there. And then, um, Florial ADP of almost 740 right now. So I get a DC. Yeah. It's probably not the worst late round dart if you're feeling frisky. <laughs> um, that because he he has shown some some definite skills in the minors, like you said, kind of falling off a bit. But at one point in time, there was a lot of hype up on, uh, on Esteban Florial. Uh, in some systems, but um, it's just the thing with the Yankees is obviously you hope there's no injuries, but there will be, but right now they're pretty full where all things are said and done, and I still think they'll make another move somewhere along the line here, so it's it's tough to see where these prospects kind of pan out at some point in mean, time. I'm with you. I think floriel has got the quote-unquote easiest path to potentially seeing some playing time this year because even if like say as Waldo struggles like that could open the door for Florio to get some playing time because we know who Aaron Hicks is now like we know who he is and hey he won't stay healthy either but um is he he the guy probably not so it'll it'll make things quite interesting
1: yeah the one thing with Wells too he could the issue with him though I potentially is his K rate I was I didn't see the percentage but it seems like he's about a 30 percent 33 percent strikeout rate guy so he may not and once he fixes that, I don't think he'll be, be too productive when he gets called up, whenever that is, but
2: we'll see. Yeah, less than ideal, of course, but we'll see. He's yeah. got time. Hopefully, maybe it's a next season thing with Wells. Get uh, you know, another yard of Trevino and Higashioka, and then bring Wells up after that. Let's bring him up, and maybe you got your Florials, and your hope Vol- you get a whole whole new regime up there pretty soon in New York mm-hmm. to go with the all the money they just spent this past year on judging companies. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, any final thoughts on the New York Yankees for 2023, Ben, before we wrap this one up?
1: Um. No, I'm excited for uh, spring training to come around. Yeah, I think we only have like six weeks. No, it's less It's less weeks. No, it's, it's like, like four 27
2: weeks. days. 27 yeah, days. Yeah, it's four weeks. Yeah, yep. it's crazy. Yeah, um, it's so close. I always remember it's, it's pretty much like I think Valentine's Day. You know, the love of our life baseball comes back around then. So that's kind of the way I look at it. It's usually around Valentine's Day where some teams start reporting to camp. You know, people's uh, player, pitchers and catchers' wise must be so happy that that's the day they pick to the <laughs> make that happen. But I guess they look yeah. at the pocketbook, and it's okay when all things are said and done. But, um, Ben, as always, it's a pleasure joining me, my friend, and uh, we'll have to do some more act, uh, recording as the season goes on.
1: Absolutely, Bubba. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
2: And make sure you guys follow him on Twitter at Ben underscore T. And uh, we'll be back with more season previews throughout the coming weeks but for now this was your new york yankees season preview with ben ted catch y'all later
0: And use code Get100. That's code Get100 at PrizePicks.com/slash Get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy.